The year is 2002. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book master, and I am joined today <laughs> by Dave Busing. You gotta stop laughing at that. Joined by Dave Busing, founder and CEO of Comic Book Herald. And if Dave Busing was in the MCU, we wouldn't call him the Incredible Hulk. We'd call him the Incredible Hunk. Hey, thank Because ladies, you. fellas, this guy's, this guy's hot as heck. Hot as heck. Thank you so much. I do, um, I do, I have been wondering lately, like, if I started in OnlyFans, that was me talking about comics, but wearing not, but a leather-clad thong, how much money would I make, right? What's the limit, you know? Just, like, leather straps. I, I need to invest in some leather, but li- listen, if you're a listener, and, uh, and you want to see this, write to Zach and tell him... Tell them in detail. Tell them in vivid, steamy detail what you'd like to see. <laughs> I've always heard that the YouTube channel Hot Ones is about chicken wings, but when I went on to it, all it had was pictures of Dave Busing. Boy was I boy was I upset when I googled Hot Ones and I just I just wound up learning about chicken wings. I was so upset that that's all I got out of that search. Dave Busing, more like Dave abusing my capacity to look at this hot man. <laughs> You're so flirty today. We don't usually have such flirtatious episodes. <laughs> okay, uh, I think that's all fun. I got. Uh, well, that is that is the one abusing you know one. Sadly, right? Like that is, is that, the, <laughs> you can get you can get abusing, which which is a dangerous pun to yeah, be working sure. with, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas you have the dean's list, I feel like you have options. Yeah, dean's list is good. Um, oh, I don't know if I've told this story on Mike, but it's it's a pretty good one. Um, I had a week. I I have a thing where. I feel like, well, actually, podcast listeners will probably say I don't enunciate that well, but I can enunciate my own name pretty well. But over the phone, uh, when I'm giving my name for like takeout or whatever, I, uh-huh. I'm regularly getting it back wrong. You know, I can see on the slip. Yeah, I get sure. Seth a lot. You know, people think I say Seth. I'm like Zach. Seth. Seth. A lot. Seth. I it, more like, than consistently, once. Like, yeah, yeah. Like pretty not consistently, but like it's the most common mishearing of my name. What a what an odd lisp to but say I had, Zach as Seth. Wow, okay. At, at my workplace, they started doing, like, at the cafeteria, they used to just give you a number, and they got a new head chef who's, like, old school hospitality, and so they want to take your name. And then I think they nixed it after about a week because we just have, we have a ton of Chinese researchers, and I think it was getting, like, actually rude how much the people were, like, messing up their names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not being able to, like, write down their names properly or having to ask them. You gotta have a, a training week or something to, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a learning curve to learn the names. They didn't like, think it You through. can't just get it wrong forever, yeah. But also, the guy asked me what my name was, and I said, Zach, and he said, Sack? And I said, yeah. And then I got the slip, and it said, Sack, <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. 
I was like, in what world is, is there a man named Sack in the world? And then he's like, I asked you. I clarified that your name was Sack and you said yes. And then like three days later, I got takeout from a place nearby and I gave my name and they said, what is it? And I said, Zach, like Zachary. Uh And they're like, oh, okay. And then I got there and I asked the guy for my slip and he couldn't find it. And then he was like, oh, where oh okay did you order this and i was like yes and then he like kind of chuckled to himself and i was like i i heard that the girl couldn't get my name on the phone what did she write down yeah and like and the girl was sitting like a little farther away and i like they made eye contact and she looked so embarrassed and he was like bath like (laughs) b-a-t-h bath (laughs) it was great so in one week i was both identified as a sack and a bath Which Sadly, we really are funny. no longer sponsored by Manscaped. <laughs> Otherwise, your bath sack would be incredibly <laughs> Gross. <Ugh. laughs> Some nasty bath sack. Ugh. Well, we are going to probably talk about comics today, but that was well worth uh, leading, into the, leading into the show with. That's incredible. Okay, thank you. Amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah, we, no, we do have some comics to cover. This is my Marvel this year. Go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. Um you know what? If that, I feel like your trick is going to work here where you call yourself a master. I scoff at mm-hmm. that, but then you call yeah. me a hunk and I'm no I'm just kind of like, "All right, fine." <laughs> like maybe maybe if you, if I get hunk, you get master. Maybe we can yeah, let that slide. Sure. I look, to be clear, I'm not an expert. That'd be crazy. Like you're the expert. I'm just a master. Just a master. Yeah. Just a lowly yeah. master. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to talk about 2002 Part 6. Uh, all the comics that we read are, of course, listed in the show notes. Upcoming comics as well. Um, but today, we're going to do some Hulk stuff, including Hulk the End, the final Hulk story, Arrival to Dark Knight Returns in Legacy and Canon of great superhero comic. No, it's not. <laughs> it's okay, not God. Bad. I was like, I was starting to sweat. <laughs> it's not that level. We're going to do The Return of Jim Starlin to infinity bis i'm excited to talk about that and then we got a patreon backer kyle s requested we cover an issue of thor uh via patreon.com slash my marvelous year for a ten dollar donation a, a month you can do it just one month if you like and then drop back down or whatever um you can request that we add a comic to the reading list um and today we have thor number 51 added by now this is this is our second Kyle S of mm-hmm. 2002, yeah. but it's yeah, a yeah. different Kyle S. Is that right? We have two separate Kyle S's in the Slack, and uh, yes, this is a different one who added this comic. See, this is where so I thought you were you going with one. your name you know story you because it's the mm-hmm. Starbucks thing of like, got a coffee here for Dave, and me and four other white guys walk up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, we need we need one other signal here. To, uh, David, to the classic. <laughs> white guy name no no one of any other ethnicity has the name david yeah yeah that was a weird a weird claim of racial uh, uh ownership of that name yeah that's clearly false um just <laughs> just happened to be my recent experience um okay let's talk Incredible uh, can, Hulk. can i can i say i just opened up itunes i just have a really funny review here <laughs> that i got I, a new review mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's a bad one so it's pretty i wrote that stupid chat gpt thing yeah, which has been lingering like a like a bad stinky fart. I can get rid of it if you think weeks. it's annoying. Uh, uh, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that answers my question. I'll get rid of it. Um, but someone directly rebutted it and said, "Not true," because <laughs> I wrote I wrote this and it's true as the header, and they wrote, oh, "Not true." Okay. Hey, buddy, 
The host are opposite of entertaining. If they focused on subject matter and far less on the host, it'd be much better. So uh, that sounds really sure like th- a negative review written by ChatGPT. Yeah, kind of. Is, I don't know. It kind is of, the AI kind of striking back? That, it does kind of seem like someone who hasn't listened to the show because they do just keep mentioning the host. If they had said the one host, that one host, then I would have been like, well, they're talking about me. But <laughs> they kept that is the, the weirdest host. way to to write anything about a podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's very strange. I think and, it's uh, I it think it's satire. I don't think it's real. I think it's satire. Yeah, it might be an elaborate pranking of me, and it works, and I am upset. And you're devastated and very upset about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I have heard I've heard thing. that criticism of like every podcast ever. You know, it's including so the incredibly popular good ones, where it's like, you know, yeah. stop messing around, just get to the subject. It's like, what, <laughs> what do you all think? Like, is the point of podcasting, right? Like, like the point of listening to these things? I don't know. There are certain episodes where, like, yes, it can get annoying. You know, like this guy tells his bath sack story for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but come on, y'all, come on. Like, let yeah, let yeah, podcasters yeah. have a have a few minutes of fun. Let podcasters have their day. Okay. It's hard out here for a Where's podcast, my parade? But... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get into the Hulk. Um, is this a Incredible big run, Hulk. Dave? You Issues you 38 here. and 41 yeah. to 43. And I did read 49 and 40 just because I was like, it's... 49 it's and 40? Just... Oh, oh, 40. 39 and 40. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, you wrote here on the, our spreadsheet, Bruce Jones and John Romita Jr. run, which was particularly influential towards the 2008 MCU movie... Hulk movie with Ed Norton, and yeah. I, I kind of yeah. maybe just start there. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> maybe I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I'm kind of like I was reading this, being like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, so the, so we had so I don't love this Incredible Hulk run, the Bruce Jones JRJR, which by the way, BRJR mm-hmm. is like all over the place, man. Like, dude, like he's killing it. Name a character. And, and I even the only time I've been really down on him was those Hulk comics we read. I don't remember who was writing them. Uh, like we Paul read Jenkins the ones where the yeah the the ones where Abomination was the creative yeah, that's, writer, that's Paul, Paul teacher Jenkins. yeah and I kind of thought he that was like the stinky JRJR work that I've seen but this I was like oh he really just must have been in a rush because this is well, great <laughs> like, yeah and uh and forty one to forty three are Lee Weeks who does a, mm-hmm, a really nice yeah. different style I like that Hulk but thirty eight through forty have some like really cool stuff in them from him especially the Hulk stuff the Hulk stuff looks awesome yeah um, um some big so, monumental. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say this Bruce Jones yeah, run, like the takeover, it's a it's a good premise. And it actually like, so it kind of ties back to the Hulk TV show more so than really any Hulk comics have in quite some time, right? Because we're with Peter David for so long. Um, but it's Fugitive Bruce Banner, you know, and it's Bruce Banner Hulk. Mm-hmm. He is truly a fugitive. He is on the run. And it's basically just like a bunch of kind of slice of life stories um, that generally involve the FBI or shadowy forces trying to track and apprehend the hulk um while he's on the run like it is it is simple but it is fairly effective for the character at this point in time uh and i don't know that just has strong 2008 hulk movie vibes i think you know the shaved head and bruce banner are trying to escape I, here's a here's a take for you zach mm. hulk should always be bald if no, you want me I to take hulk totally seriously disagree. keep totally him disagree. bald Mm-mm, I don't like it. I, I was thinking. I was like, I need, <laughs> I need hair on this Hulk. Nobody likes uh, it. That's the nobody likes going bald, Zach. <laughs> like, nobody, nobody has a good time. How many bald heroes do we have 
in the MCU. That's what I want. Oh, know. in the MCU. Or no, no, uh, just in Marvel. Okay, I said the MCU, but I mean just in Marvel. Well, right? whatever. Right? I was I'm gonna just say saying this. Moon Dragon yeah. is all we get, and mm-hmm. uh, and a Hulk would be a nice addition to the bald crew, to the bald boys. If you know I was what thinking, I'm uh, is it Saitama from One Punch Man? He's kind of yes. classic bald Great superhero. Bald but, hero. Yep. Well, kind of played as a joke slightly there, so. You know, he he exercised so hard. I can hair I can out. take the joke if I'm also the coolest one punch man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Represented as someone that strong, you know, that's the representation you yeah. want. I've um, tried doing a hundred push-ups and a hundred mm-hmm. sit-ups just to get that ability, and I can never get there. I always stop at ninety-nine. I don't know why I can't mm-hmm. just push through. Tough. Yeah. Uh, so this this uh, this Hulk stuff is. Hmm, I don't want to say it's. Bad. I think Bruce Jones has good command of like story and pacing. Yeah. And the plot like moves along, but then what the plot does is very stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the I feel like not not really good control, like tonal control over what's happening because what happens here is there's a bunch of like and I, I'm not sure what's happening like with the immortal FBI or not the FBI. They're like some secret agent. And we are uh, diving. I mean, we are diving headfirst too into like this run's been going for a minute. You know, it's sure, it's a yeah, yeah, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not really like criticizing too much for that. But like, all these agents are basically immortal, and they just keep coming back to life or uh, not being able to be killed. So they keep getting shot in the head and resurrecting. Yeah, and uh, well, actually, the cops do that anyway. It, oh, it, you know what? Really I'm not. I'm, I'm oh. not mad at it for that detail, but the thing is that like it just keeps happening where people get shot in the head and then they get up that it becomes slapsticky <laughs> to me where I'm yeah, like yeah. they just keep getting sh- violently killed and then getting up again. Uh, yeah, that, that becomes silly. There's this whole detail about how all these secret agents out to capture Hulk. It's like yeah, we created a super powerful gun that's the only thing capable of taking down the Hulk. It's too powerful. So we gave one component of the gun to six disparate agents. Uh, it's too powerful for any one person to have. And That's then cool like as the hell. Agents are all, I love that. No, they're all like <laughs> struggling against each other to, to get the other piece of the gun. It doesn't make that. any sense. Yeah. And then when they get it, it's just a blow dart. Like it just shoots a. <laughs> it just shoots a. Uh, With six components. Little dart, and the gun looks so silly. I think like maybe it was it was doing a Men in Black cricket thing. I think they call it the mosquito. Mm. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of silly. I, I could see, like, I like the change in pace for uh, for the Hulk uh, on the run from these, you know, spy agencies or whatever. But it didn't, it didn't grab me too much. But it feels like good good work that, like, I was still reading this and I read the extra issues that went along with it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's okay. It's, you know, the, it's, other, it's paced well the, the other MCU influence thing that I forgot yeah. about until just now when you were yeah. talking was uh, you have Mr. Blue behind the scenes and that's a mm. that's a thing that they pick up in that movie where ed norton is getting messages from he's mr green he's getting messages from mr blue who turns out to be samuel stearns aka the leader aka tim blake nelson aka returning in captain american new world order what well he is one of the <laughs> weird back like, great actors that they you know wasted in the early days yeah yeah right so like i'm super jazzed who, about who else that. is in that movie it's i mean tim roth who's come back um, Tim, Roth, Liv Tim Roth had another is, return. We had Liv Tyler as Betty Tyler. Brandt. Mm-hmm. Betty, Betty Ross. Betty Ross. Betty Boop. Betsy Ross. Um, Betty Ross. <laughs> I know. I always mix it up, too. Um, yeah. No, if you're going to salvage Tim, two things Tim from Nelson. that movie, yeah. it's redo Tim Blake Nelson as a leader 
and uh, and I'm fine with what they did with Tim Roth Abomination. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I don't need um, what's his face, the guy from Modern Family, to come back as Doc Samson, who <laughs> he is in that movie. Which uh, uh, oh, the dad is yeah, he Doc Samson yeah, in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's just like Liv Tyler's like new boyfriend to make Edward Norton jealous. I think kind that's of. weird casting. Are you sure he's not Cause... like General Talbot? He's he's Samson. No, no, no. I'm positive it's it's the family. Oh, my God, what's his name? Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm typing in Doc Samson Modern Family. Like that's going to uh, Ty Burrell. Um. I'd re- I'd watch that episode. Maybe maybe he could do it, but at least the way they did that character initially was like this is not you know Bruce's psychologist. He didn't have orange hair. You know what I would actually watch, Zach? Eight-issue mm. Disney Plus series, Doc mm. Samson doing therapy for eight different heroes or villains or characters. Uh, maybe. Maybe. You watch In Treatment? You ever see that show on HBO? No, I would never. I would never <laughs> it's, just, like uh, it's just a show about... <laughs> I, I watched it back in the day. It was like... It's Gabriel Byrne. He's a psychiatrist. And it ran five days a week, Monday through Friday. And then... Every day of the week, he had a different client. So it was like every Monday, he had the same client back. Oh. Um, and then it ran for like eight weeks or something. It was like 40, epi- 40 half-hour episodes long. Uh, That's kind of clever. Pretty, yeah, it was pretty interesting. And then Friday, he would go to therapy himself. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and it had these like long-running plot lines. It was good. It was pretty fun TV. I think it just got rebooted with a different psychiatrist. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we're not talking about these comics. Sorry to uh, the person who left us this iTunes review. You were right. Uh, oh that's the, that's the thing is we can't actually fight back against evil chat gpt's you know criticism right mm-hmm. <laughs> they're yeah. clearly right uh yeah no i don't know there's not there's not a heck of a lot that i i want to be saying about these other than it's an interesting run from this time period i think it it takes some swings and i think generally it's like very it's very middle of the road there's, if you're I, you a know, Hulk I, head, I would be like. If you're a Hulk oh, head, yeah, it's this, it's it, yeah, it's it's worth reading this, for this sure. Seems, this seems interesting. Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah, because I, I did a read a lot of these going back. These, it's pretty fun. Like, yeah. Sorry, God. It's, no, I was just uh, saying. Like, I read a lot of these yeah. this run, this chunk here, this year specifically, to yeah. try to figure out like what issues should we be reading. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't like issue forty-one to forty-three. You know, with the Lee Weeks art, which is which is quite good. Bald Hulk looks great. Um, that's you know, it's Bruce Banner is in a hostage situation. And I feel like that very much embodies like he's he's just like in a convenience store and there's a hold up and now there's a big hostage situation. And you got Bruce Banner, the Hulk sitting there, you know, as one of the hostages. I feel like that very much embodies the kind of stuff that Bruce Jones was trying to do, you know, just putting the Hulk. But as, you know, Banner on the run in these sort of impossible situations. And then it really spirals out of control with this whole, you know, mysterious supernatural FBI thing that it's got going on. Um mm-hmm. But I, the slice of life sort of Bruce Banner on the run stuff that is reminiscent of the, you know, the 70s TV series, like, I have a little more time for that. I mean, that that's not, like, Al Ewing's definitely playing with that in, in Immortal Hulk when it gets way better, you know? So, like, there's there's premise here, there's idea here that I think has merit. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I agree with that. And, uh, and it was good enough that I read those extra issues. I wasn't mad. Like, I didn't love this, but I had an okay time with this. Uh... Did you like it more or less than incredible hulk the end which is what we read next <laughs> well i also didn't particularly like the end but i think i like the end a little more um but the end is also kind of safer and less surprising uh, i guess so i don't know um the end is surprisingly not surprising i feel like <clears throat> peter david was probably given 
wide, like a, a really like blank check for what he could do for like a one issue wrap up, like a double sized issue to wrap this up. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why this didn't feel like, I feel like maybe we haven't read anything where it's like, it's the end of the world and Bruce Banner is the only person left alive. Like the, literally the only human left on earth after uh, humans have wiped themselves out. Yeah. But there's only like one or two moments here in all 40 pages where I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Because um, besides that, it's kind of just Bruce puttering around being like, darn, I'm old now. Oh, I, wish I, would, <laughs> right. I wish I would die. And that was it does feel it. oddly devoid yeah. of invention or imagination, I think, in a lot or, of ways. Or character um, insight. Like, kind of felt like it was playing the, the hits with Hulk and yes. Bruce Banner. Which, um, which, when you're Peter David in 2002 and you've done... 15 years on hulk like yeah you know yeah, you can it's you know it's, it's, it's a wrap-up for sure um so the the end is a one-shot i mean it's it's kind of a mini graphic novella uh it's peter david dale cowan on art who does a lot of the 90s early 90s hulk stuff as well it's got inked here by joe weems um but yeah the end is marvel's you know this is their final story for these characters um wolverine the end i think came out the previous year or maybe it was this year as well because I read that one thinking, oh, maybe we'll give it a shot. And I, I didn't enjoy that either. Um, this one's fine. I don't, I don't know. The end books, I I always wish they were, you know, because they're, they're trying to capture that Dark Knight Returns magic, right? Of the, mm. yeah, we I can tell. So. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, it's we can tell the final story for this character, you know, way down the road. Yeah. And what is, and you can do all the, what happened to the heroes and kind of have some fun with that. Um, but this just feels very rote, kind of apocalypse stuff. I mean, I guess the. The biggest twist of the whole thing is is instead of it being an alien invasion or a supervillain, is it's just garden variety nuclear holocaust, um, mm-hmm. which does connect, frankly, more effectively to Hulk's origin, right? You know, with with the gamma bomb and this being you know a creature that is created of the bomb, essentially in the Silver Age, fascination with that and proximity to that, relatively with World War II. Um, but basically, yeah, you just have old man Bruce Banner. <laughs> Walking around, uh, uh, I don't know, the deserts and Hulk getting attacked by mutant cockroaches and yeah, getting harangued by bugs. I kind of like that as a detail. Yeah. That, that was which is like, you know, he he still has something that annoys that Hulk can't deal with. Like he can't punch his way out of being attacked by swarms of mutant bugs, so he just gets eaten. And I, I like the imagery of him getting kind of half devoured by insects and then kind of like a reverse time lapse decomposition video. Uh, right just you know coming back to life and stitching back together um i think that that was like good imagery at least uh the other part i like is that bruce banner and hulk before the apocalypse go hide themselves in a cave and eventually the um recorder is that his name yeah yeah, yeah the regalian um, recorder yeah comes and like talks to him and he comes out of his cave and the recorder's like oh there's still one of you and then like the recorder's so snotty about it which is really funny i don't remember that being his personality he was just like yeah everyone else is really happy like the scrolls uh in the kree have like forged peace so that they can celebrate together the death of the humans no one liked you (laughs) i do like that detail i i really enjoy when the other cosmic civilizations just hate earth (laughs) yeah it's really it's funny yeah we just had that recently too with um god some other story arc we read where like maximum security. oh maximum Probably. security yeah yeah um but anyway i liked i liked that and recorder was just being like yeah you'll die soon i'm just gonna you know, I'm, it's not worth me sticking around just for you just yeah. uh please be sure to enunciate into the video recorder 
I mean, I do think one thing. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's that's one of the few memorable scenes I would say. Um, I think one thing the end lacks, and especially with a character like a Hulk or even like Wolverine, where they can kind of survive forever and ever and ever, is you you do need a few reference points. You know, you need a few other characters or ideas or or Marvel Universe things that you can bounce off of. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a certain fanish, just like where are they now element to it that is very fun. You know, I'm thinking of Old Man Logan here, which I won't spoil, but it's sure, like but it's that good. is. I, I like that comic, yeah. Well, and that is a comic, and now it's been translated into a bunch of like audio series on Spotify. But it it just plays with the idea of like, okay, what what became of other characters and other families, and you can do things like that, right? With Hulk, the end, everyone is wiped out, which is an appropriate kind of Hulk story that he would be the last one left, but it's it really limits what you can do, right? And sort of the appeal of the wasteland that the Hulk is left. So it has to be pure, like everything is driven then entirely on the internal narration between Bruce and the Hulk. And it's just not that stellar, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it's just well, I mean, kinda, I don't think he has anything route. new to say about Bruce. Like that's, that's the big thing. If you're going to have a comic of 40 pages of internal monologue, uh, it doesn't really come down it, like he's not expressing anything particularly artfully yeah he's, he's not expressing regret or loss or loneliness in any way that like doesn't feel just kind of like this i don't know standard boilerplate <laughs> like i mean it does feel writing, I guess. You, it feels like more. this should have been this should have come out right after peter david's run ended sure, right like too. this is the mm-hmm. capstone bring it all together take a bow book you know and yeah. it's like you've earned that you know you do the book for that long with with relative success. Uh, yeah, I and I mean I really like the run. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of that run. So uh, yeah, got a little, a little disappointing. Um, can I point out something I, I forgot to mention on the uh, the Hulk run, the Bruce Jones one? Yeah, which is the weird dissonance of the covers. Uh, is a very oh, yeah, serious yeah. story inside. Right. These are like pretty serious, not like humorful, humorful, humorous. They're very um, uh, and... they're very police procedural. <clears throat> kind of like sure, csi yeah. serious yeah 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 but i mean they're not like grimdark but whatever they're not silly at all in the cover of like these ones where you know whatever uh serious stuff is like it looks like a cereal box and it's like the incredible hulk pops and it's like a big cartoony hulk drawn by care andrews like eating a bunch of fbi agents uh and it's like super silly and very cutesy it's it's really strange and there's a bunch of these um there's like some norman rockwell ripoffs uh, that's a hundred percent why I started reading it, and uh, yeah. and I was like, oh, what kind of stylistic, inventive choices is it going to make to reflect this inside the comic? Yeah. And it's yeah. it's zero. <laughs> I even have nothing. one of these. Th- there's one of these covers that I bought just to like hang on my wall. Um, that's like, I think Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hulk is Calvin and Hobbes because I just thought it was a really fun cover, and then I like I flipped through it and I was like, oh, that's weird. Doesn't it seem is like funny. It's like they feel like variant covers um yes yeah yeah totally that you know they're not all like that like doing some nice art (laughs) 40 issue 44 has someone holding a scalpel like a millimeter from somebody's open eyeball so like they do yeah just like good humorful stuff you know just like classic comedy but then like right right after that they do like an apocalypse now cover and whatever they're they're all over the place it's oh no it's where the wild things are that's what it is issue 49 yeah 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 i like that cover they're memorable um, yeah, and I assumed it was a variant, but it's not. Yeah. No, they just in no way reflect the content yeah, <laughs> of the comic book here. About All right, let, let's talk about Thor so that we can then like 
kind of sink our teeth into infinity abyss for the last thing sink into the abyss last let's do yeah. it okay yeah. so thor thank you kyle for your backing of my marvelous year via patreon.com mm-hmm. slash yeah. my marvelous year incredibly generous of you and we love it when uh readers submit their picks for comics that we then get to either tear into or celebrate now last time Kyle S picked cham- different Kyle S, Kyle S variant A, picked Chamber 1 through 4, uh, which we had, I think, mixed to average reaction to. You know, I think all of us kind of thought it, it, or at least you and I, Zach, definitely thought like, oh man, that ending is bad. Uh, but the road there wasn't, was fine, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thor number 51, death, we're post-death of Odin, Thor mm-hmm. is the king of Asgard, he is bringing Asgard closer to earth to be nearby and solve some human problems and this issue is a spider-man pov visiting asgard and trying to figure out what are they doing coming by our earth zach what did you think of thor 51 well classic marvel comic with the woke skull coming in and left bashing uh the the woke thor who is just oh, yeah? going to solve where's, all the problems. Where's this? <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, it's not exactly that, but <clears throat> it does slightly fit into the long tradition of, you know, a superhero being like, that's a great idea, just don't, you know, not like this. Like, <laughs> which we read so much of. It's just like, I love, I love the idea, but your methods are just like a little extreme. So let's, um, let's talk about that. So this is... No, I don't really want to because I'm kidding for the most part. But no, no, no. It's, that it's is... the core of this issue, though, is... Yeah, Spider-Man's like, so. what are you doing? Why are you here? <clears throat> and Thor is like, I'm going to solve climate change. And, and I'm going to feed all your hungry kids. Yeah. And I, it is a thing that superhero comics... The only superhero comics that I think we've read that like handle this subject matter with any degree of grace and <laughs> like, like actual uh, effectiveness would be like Squadron Supreme. I think is very good at it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the Mark Grunewald, you know, original run. And uh, actually, you know, not part of this club, but Grant Morrison, Howard Porter, first six issues of JLA basically does, you know, oh, sure. the Justice League and then, their weapons ooh, and tries to little, solve human problems. And what are the, you know, a little plug. You guessed it on an episode of Extra Issues where we talked about Alan Moore's Miracle Man. And that's I, that's the comic that like did this, you know, I think basically put a button on that in the 80s. And was yeah, like, yeah, right. right. There's nothing more to say about it. Uh, great <laughs> right. comic great podcast go check it out that's a great point it's a great point it's a great podcast and a great episode with a great guest um yep the question has been it is a fairly interesting superhero question which is like if you have all this power why aren't you using it to solve these problems you know and there are kind of two approaches one is you can really sink into it and have that be the focus of your book like squadron supreme in a lot of ways right um or you can just kind of work around it you know, the most annoying answer, though, is the one that happens the most often, which is what yeah, you're describing. Yeah, right. I was going to say oh, this way. Yes. <laughs> which is yeah. Spider-Man saying, no, Thor, don't solve climate change. It would be yeah. unfair for you to just do it. Humans have to figure it out or whatever. And it's like, no, Thor, please do it. <laughs> like, that would be so helpful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole, I like, that. trying to confront why Reed Richards hasn't, you know, solved inequality yet uh, in, like trying to or cure cancer for that matter right these things come right yeah it's like it's not really an interesting question we all can like buy the you know unless you really have something to do with that right unless you really want to do make us 
really make a story out of that instead of just like this which is this is what it boils down to a lot of the time which is like you can't just do it for them they have to figure it out themselves like that that's usually the end answer to why superheroes don't do it uh and that's kind of the that's kind of the superman answer that Mm -hmm. um that morrison settles in on i think effectively because of the broad there you know but that is like yeah i mean that's that's basically the answer <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I forget the quote exactly. It's in JLA. It's pretty memorable. It's something to the effect of like, it's it's basically it's like what are the point of superheroes then? Um, British actually just wrote a really good piece about this on Comic Herald. People should check it all his writing on CBH because he'll explain this better than I am here. But uh, basically, it's something like what is the point of superheroes? And Morrison through Superman is kind of like it's not to do everything for them. It's to lift them up, right? It's to inspire and lift them up. And that is a very good Superman answer. Um, and it's also a workaround of like. Yeah, we can't just have Superman create Utopia for you because all of our stories would be incredibly boring then. <laughs> you know? Um, that's mm-hmm. kind, of the, kind of where Miracle Man puts the button on it, too, where it's like, okay, we solved everything, now what? Right? And it's like, you know, Neil Gaiman and, uh, and Mark Buckingham trying to answer that question, right, in the, in the subsequent issues. Um, but it really messes up your, your universe <laughs> and your continuity and your conflict if you have a character do that. So that that's the real answer, you know? Yeah. It's, when Spider-Man's yeah, saying yeah. those things, that's the real right. answer. It's like, well, editorial we all, won't We last. all just kind of have to buy into it. Yeah. Which yeah. is, yeah. Um, besides that, what I do want to praise about this, I mean, Spider-Man showing up on Asgard, it's kind of fun. Him like, you know, I like him sometimes as a fish out of water. Sometimes, actually, we're going to talk about him as a fish out of water in the Starlin stuff, and I don't really like it there that much, but um, it doesn't... I like him here. This this issue is much better, I think, because it has a purpose. It is it is the POV and mm-hmm. in Infinity Vest is just kind of a weird side plot. Yeah, we will talk about that. But like, um, and the other thing I love, the art here is so good. This is Tom Rainey. Like my my favorite. Uh, is he like I I didn't know his name. Um, my favorite like Asgardian art we've ever seen. Maybe after like Kirby. Um, Dang. And even then, I don't know. Really good. I really liked it. I thought Asgard looked super cool. You know, like we read color. a lot of Walt Simonson. Are you forgetting yeah. that? I, I mean, I specifically don't love <laughs> Simonson's art. Simonson's got a Simonson cool style. Slander. Yeah. You brought it. You knew what you were doing. You. you Can you guys believe what Zach just said? <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I really like this. I like. I like the uh, the art style. The color palette is really cool. The detail. Here kind of felt like very like um like classic fantasy illustrations of uh like prince valiant kind of stuff really good mm. I, re- mm. I really i really dug the art here cool cover such, too. that very, is like, such high praise for this color. uh this oddball thor issue <laughs> i mean like the issue itself i think is like pretty middling kind of interesting idea that isn't executed that well but i really like the art so. i do like that we we put it here because i'm not i i mean i have gone on record I, the dan jurgens run on thor it, there are a lot like folks who like it like it a lot and uh and it just never really works for me um part of that is something we'll actually talk about in infinity abyss but uh it just uh, i really don't like the thor versus thanos arc that comes before this but um anyway yeah. i don't know this run is just it's all very it's it's that busiac avengers thing right like like all the avengers stuff from this time period to me is super comfort food nostalgia but not for me for someone else you know it's not my comfort food Mm -hmm. uh for me the stuff that is now the comfort food is all these sort of quote-unquote groundbreaking or at least trying new things marvel knights inspired stuff 
you know, those are the comics that I gravitate to so much more. And there's just such a clear divide, I think, in between the Marvel Knights-inspired works and the tried-and-true, just classic Avengers look and feel. Um, and that's what this is, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what this is. Yeah. And it's it's readers... I've, I've gathered over time, this is one of the things where it's like, you realize, like, it's not even so much a matter of, like, you know, is it actually good so much as just like where do your tastes align because there is just like a divide amongst readership i think in terms of like some folks just love this and uh and think it's really great and that's fine i'm i'm happy for them but it's not me finding uh kyle's let's see just a second um i just want to see what he said <laughs> are you finding his address to dox him or like where's this going <laughs> yeah, i just like want to see to why he added it if he put a note on it he said uh, it's kind of follow-up on what Thor decides to do as the Lord of Asgard yeah, with the Odin yeah. power after the death of Odin we'll be reading. And, uh, yeah. I really like including yeah, and, it for that reason as well, you know, because it gives us a and sense maybe of, like, would, what is he doing. I mean, it is also, yeah, it's said, definitely a precursor to Thor stuff that's going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is it is interesting reading it in those regards and being like, oh, I didn't realize this happened yeah. here as well. Um, you might think of some later stories where it happens maybe a little more memorably. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I, w- I was happy to have read this issue. Um, yeah, it same. was. I didn't. I didn't think it was great. I would pick if I'm. I'm picking the Kyles. Uh, Chamber Kyle gets my vote. Um, for for a more interesting. Uh, yeah, read. just just a little bit. If we if we have to pit one Kyle after the other. So I and guess and I do don't want to pit Kyle. I don't want to start a Kyle controversy. Gonna, sorry, but Kyle S, the one that put Thor up. I am putting the clown emoji next to your name, Dave. Said oh it. oh. Uh, Yep, sorry. Clown emoji. Sorry, Kyle. Please. I wish I could do that. I actually can't. I don't have that power, but it would be oh, good. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, but please, uh, if you share a name with someone in our Slack, please submit comics as well for 2003. I don't, do we have any uh, Patreon, Patreon back requests for 2003 yet, Zach? Ooh, uh, yeah, let's see. Rob M. added the all four issues of Fantastic Four Unstable Molecules for our next episode. Cool. Actually. Uh, Jakob added the Wolverine Dupe miniseries oh, two hell issues yeah Jakob. later thank you yeah 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 uh and i think that's it right now okay yeah. there's some stuff later it's funny i like that people i like when people add stuff like you know 10 years down the road and they're just like i'll get to this in 2026 <laughs> i that's super it's super nice it's also like the, the it's so encouraging that you're like have the confidence that we'll be here to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> oh know? yeah that's nice well i think the um we read some iron man issues in 2000 that eric h added and eric h added those back when we were in like 1982 or something Amazing. it was like so far away yeah uh, er- eric has also been just to point out one of our longest supporters and uh most steady supporters in the patreon so if you're still listening Eric, well he's like seven foot five right i mean he is very yeah long. one of one of our longest supporters from yeah tip i mean his wingspan toe. is something else like good all right let's let's talk comics okay i i, I now i'm self-conscious that we're talking this is so me. sad how hard this chat gpt criticism i, I gotta win this person back i gotta get them they're back. not a person they're an ai <laughs> controversial statement let's get that's gonna i don't want that to be recorded oh, cut boy. that out because in right. five years the, the robot begin- revolution yeah, is going to use that against me it's yeah, going to be bad the beginning of, of the uh did i i think we talked about this there was somebody ah oh, jeez, i can't even i can't even tell the story on air okay let's let's do it let's tell infinity abyss um <laughs> yes. infinity abyss number one to six can jim I, starlin baby he's back can i can i tell you my journey with this comic uh, as long as it's not a mid journey an ai tool used to create comics <laughs> that's pretty good um 
I didn't know about this. I didn't know about this until I opened up the spreadsheet and was like, oh, we're, there's more Starlin. I didn't know yeah. Starlin came back yeah. this year. Um, first thought, oh, I'm glad it's not a big crossover event. That is just a six-issue mini. Sure. Uh, read the first issue when, it, it, you know, before I read it, was going, okay, you know, Starlin, like, he's kind of, seems like he's lost his thunder a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in what he's doing, but it's, it's not going to stack up. Read the first issue, got to the end of it, and was like, okay, all right, yeah. maybe Jim Starlin. And then second issue, all right, Jim Starlin's back. And then three through six, and I kind of went, okay. Uh-huh. Maybe he's not quite back, but he's, he's a little back. I'm going to say he's a little back. He's a little back. I think that's fair. He's a little back. Yeah. I, he's a little back. I think that, that's actually the right, that's the issue-by-issue issue approach that definitely I had as well, which is okay. the first two, maybe two and a half. It's kind of yeah. like, all right, Jim, let's do this. We're back in it. You're writing Thanos again. You're writing Warlock. God, like, speaking of comfort food, come on. Like, this is my, like, man, do I, I love Jim Starlin. I love Jim Starlin. Like, like truly, here we are in 2002, Zach. I don't know how many creators I can say, you know, I like their works more than Jim Starlin in the Marvel Universe ride. Um, there are specific mm-hmm. works, sure. certainly, that I could hold up higher. You know, Frank Miller's Daredevil. Um, I mean, I guess I have Simonson's Thor, although actually, even as I say that aloud, I'm like, I don't actually like that more than Thanos Quest. What am I doing in my rankings? I got to go update them. Uh, but, I mean, just purely in terms of, like, contribution to the Marvel Universe, skill, value, duration, you know? 70s mm-hmm. run, then come back, writing all the best early 90s stuff as well. I mean, come on. Like, who is, you know, it's Jack Kirby. It's uh, it's obviously Stanley the Manly. I mean, how do you, you know, you can't, how do you properly evaluate the Ditko and Romita influence in the 60s? But then, like, you know, it's Jim Starlin. And I was yeah. Claremont X-Men yeah. stuff. But it's like, man, I just, I love Jim Starlin comics. And I do love me some modern Starlin return to Thanos in his Infinity Sagas. I always have a good time when Jim Starlin is writing Thanos stuff. Zach, the thing that I love the most about Infinity Abyss mm-hmm. is how how goofy and how catty Jim Starlin is being throughout these first three issues or so. Because this is one of the most, like, how do I phrase this? This is one of the rudest <laughs> in continuity Marvel comics towards other creators. Oh, that I'm like, familiar with. Oh, the like the clapback about the Thor stuff. Yes, is that what you? Yeah, he, like, yeah. We're... Like Starlin is very, <laughs> and uh, maybe it's it's a bit tongue in cheek. Maybe he knows some of the guys, right? I don't know the behind the scenes of it. Like, if there's actual uh-huh. human controversy, but purely in terms of like, basically, what Starlin comes in is he does like, all right, I finished Thanos in my saga with Warlock and the Infinity Watch post Infinity Crusade. That was like 1994. And then basically he comes in here with Infinity Bits and he's like, yeah, all those Thanos stories you read since then, they suck. They were clones of Thanos. They were mistakes. And then he applies mm-hmm. like a few sentences of like criticism <laughs> yep. to each of them and why yeah. they don't work. And what, what I really love, too, is he's like, y'all have misunderstood Thanos. He's like, you all miss Like, you all took the nihilism. Nihilism. Whatever. Yeah, I was, what, uh, I'm glad you corrected yourself. <laughs> well, nihilism is when you don't believe in the existence of knees, right? Because mm-hmm. I've got it's this just what I've got yeah, this one lingering knee leg, pain. Okay, you get you hit your mid thirties, you're rooting for some nihilism. You want those that knee pain to go away. Um, I would but, like one long bone from hip to ankle, please. That would be great. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but Strong comes in here and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, I know, I wrote those stories, I loved them. Guess what though? I moved on." 
after Infinity Gauntlet. I moved Thanos in new directions. He's not just courting death anymore. He's doing new things. This is a character that mm -hmm. evolves. And he's like, yeah. you all missed that memo. And you all kept writing the same character. And all you understood was the power. And he's basically like, you all got him wrong. And mm -hmm. uh, gosh, do I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. He treats Thanos like a creator and character. And he's like, and and he's right too. He's right too, because he is. You know, more or less. Yeah. Um, it's rude, and it's delightful, and I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> that stuff's really good. I feel like we're getting good, like... It, it, especially at the beginning, he does a good job kind of balancing the, like... The thing The thing that he's always been... Or that he can excel at. He did this really well in the 60s, especially. Which is balancing, like, the silly and absurdity of things. And, like, jokes yeah. with the, uh, the high cosmic drama so finding adam warlock in a uh, in his cocoon stashed away in a storage closet because yeah. of like budget cuts at the asylum <laughs> and the doctor's just like yeah he's just been in a cocoon for two years we put him in the closet yeah <laughs> like that really cracked me up um uh, and like pip the troll coming back uh his, his whole attitude is really good there's, there's a few other fun jokes here but like that that stuff worked that stuff is nice to see um I got into the story here, the many Thanoses. Thanos creates a bunch of, like, he's like, they're not quite robots. They're, like, half clone, half robot, half mysticism. Mystic uh, doppelganger because right, of uh, yeah. Infinity War, yeah. And he makes a bunch of them, and they're all real silly and, like, very good classic Starlin designs. Like, I really like... <laughs> a chubby Thanos one. with a big leader head? Come on! I showed Psychic Rose that abilities? one, and she was like, he looks like a jelly bean. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's really good. Um, and it's a bunch of Thanoses who are basically, like, out of date with what where Thanos is now. And yeah. they're, like, they're all stuck. I, I like that Thanos even refers to it as, like, yeah, they're reflective of my, like, my nihilism phase. He calls it a phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think it's a really funny way of I saying love that. it. Like, as if he was just a teenager and not, like, an intergalactic warlord. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so th that that's good. I, um... I basically, I bought really into the premise of this story and the initial setup. And then I think as it went, something that he has been able to do, like a magic trick he's been able to pull off, is to have really good, clear stakes while also introducing, like, lots of big cosmic ideas and uh, characters and all these different concepts. And I think here, it starts to get a little muddy. I think by the end of this, all the stuff with at at Atelix. I can't remember the name of this character, but there's Atlas, like Atlas, Atlas. Yeah, like that. there's a green guy sitting in a chair who's responsible for holding reality together, and he has to be replaced by a little girl. And then the thing about him is he's not interesting at all. <laughs> and like every every comic ends with like him in shadow narrating this, and I'm like, yeah. and then when you get to him, and it's like he's just a dude sitting in a chair. He's extremely boring. His design's kind of bad. Um, yeah, it, it it definitely kind of peters out a little bit. And something I was thinking is, um, like, there's some really fun visuals here. There was, like, there's like a mind battle here that happens between... There's a few mind battles, but... I think, and it is Starlin yeah. Pencils with Al Mergram Inks, you know? So mm -hmm. it is Starlin yes. Penciling as yeah, well, yeah. Which, is, which is fun. Which yes. I always love to see. Moon like, Dragon... I, I mean, I like... It, oh, it's Moon Dragon and the Psychic Thanos have a mind battle. Okay, yeah, that's the one I was. Like, I must be thinking of. Cause Moon a Dragon lot of Moon Dragon hypnotized and, uh, and subjected to the whims of her captors zach were you mm -hmm. were you okay were you a little too sweaty reading these <laughs> her clothes remain untorn okay it's, <laughs> it, it was all very chaste and above the board and everything was fine yeah yeah <laughs> um okay. 
I read it with my family around me uh, to support me. Just, just sweating keep profusely. Me, keep me on the straight and narrow. Um, <laughs> Rose, keep me the, honest. Uh, She's got a cold washcloth on your forehead. <laughs> the um, During one of the psychic battles, it shows, like... We, we get a lot of shots of, like, other Thanos creations. So there's this pillar made of the heads of like all the different heroes and characters and stuff and like right in the middle of it is one of the starling clowns yeah uh, which is really fun to see but it did actually make me think uh, i wish he was i wish he was building a little more and re- referencing a little less because something like we've loved about this and even like the beginning of the uh, infinity gauntlet stuff in the 90s like the 70s stuff and the 90s early 90s stuff is like it just felt so additive and he just kept building and building the world out in here like it feels a little bit more i don't want to say playing the hits like i don't think he's just doing that i think he's trying to do some new stuff but like i, I just wish there were more like new characters i wish there were more new concepts and new um yeah places to visit you know he's yeah. so good at that stuff uh and he, or he can be um and we we don't get a ton that like really fleshes out the world here i will say like all the thanoses are fun you know, I like all the new designs of the Thanos, especially Galactus Thanos at the end is very fun. But Galactus um, Thanos is, I mean, just like, that is just absolute cheesecake. Like, like yeah, in terms yeah, of like, it's like it, the perfect treat, you know, for a comics fan. Yes, it is. It is. A, it's exactly right. It's it's a nice little treat. I, 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 the conclusion to that fight is slightly underwhelming, where they just zap him to another world and it explodes. It is an underwhelming um, narrative in, like, every yeah. regard. <laughs> Yeah, by, like, especially by the end. I think the build-up and the, the setup is good, and then the actual, like, yes. struggle and payoff is a little limp. Um, yeah. It is. Yeah, I think that's is, a totally valid criticism. Good. I mean, Infinity Abyss is is nobody's favorite Infinity. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, you know what, though? I, I would put it... It's been a while since we read it, but, like, I would put it above the... Um, <laughs> Crusade? The second, I, was, I was thinking about the, this. Yeah, Crusade, and maybe... Is it... It's not War. Yeah, is War's it War? the second, the second one? one? I, li- I definitely like War better. Um yeah, it's been a while. I don't, I don't know if I can say that actually. with like a, a lot of certainty, but yeah, yeah. It, it's they're they're maybe around the same. Um, which is yeah. to say, like I like it. It's fun. Like it's always nice to see Starlin back. It doesn't overstay its welcome. I'm glad. Like they weren't all double issue. The first one's a double length issue. Yeah, it's a little. I mean, there's like there is there are chunks of text I skipped. You know, mm. there are, there are chunks sure. of text. Like it's overwritten. Um, it's it's a bit you know encyclopedic and referential at times when it doesn't need to be. I mean, there's the first issue especially is Adam Warlock recapping you on the entire history of Jim Starlin, which you know if you pick this up in 2002 and it was your your first time with these, that'd be very useful, I think. Um, but having gone through it, you know, that's that's not pretty for me. good action, by the way. Like yeah, yeah. So especially like on the page, like he uh, you know Jim Starlin has never <laughs> never once have we said. Guy can't do action. <laughs> you know, guy yeah. guy doesn't know how to how to there's lay out a, a comic. Like, dude, dude there's a couple fun incredible. like Gamora fight scenes here, which I don't know if I've ever seen. I feel like I I can't think of any like particularly great Gamora fight moments. There's a long them, Gamora but... versus Thanos warrior action sequence, which is if you like Jim Starlin art, is is quite enjoyable. And I like the one where she goes to the like the nihilist rally and uh, yeah, and they all come down on her. Yeah. She has to fight her way out of a crowd. That one's, like, pretty fun and engaging. I mean, the things that I... Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that makes Infinity Abyss worth reading to me is Return of Starlin and continued development for Thanos, you know? And, and having Thanos' creator come in to say, like, no, like, this is what this character is now and here's how we can use him. There's going to be more Starlin-Thanos stuff. We're going to read that. I think it's better than this. Um, so look forward to that. But I, I do think... 
Starlin, the challenge post-Infinity Gauntlet, and maybe we've talked about this a little bit, is he he writes such a good story and such a good build to that event and then nails that event. But then it's like, all right, so it feels like you've done the Thanos story. Where do you take this character next, right? Mm-hmm. And and I've liked where take, he's taken him. Like, yeah. I, th- there's been some really fun developments of that character. Like He finds answers. I, he finds I answers. I believe that he... Like, he, he has made me believe that Thanos has turned towards, no, I protect the universe now. It's like, like, this is my reality. I protect it. Death doesn't want me anyway. You know, it, like, it feels yeah, like this character like, where it's like, oh, okay. Like, this is a slightly evolution. different version. Um, but the the challenge is start, like, the, the I don't, it's not even a problem. But the thing Starlin constantly does is he's like, all right, what if I back myself into this corner? You know, how do I raise the stakes even more? Or how do I take Thanos in a new direction? It just like it just becomes seemingly impossible, and uh, mm. and generally the the thrill of this for me is figuring out like okay how is how is this creator going to try to answer it this time with his Thanos because Starlin's Thanos is not sort of everyone else's <laughs> you know which he kind of elucidates here in Infinity mm-hmm. Abyss but it's like everyone else's kind of just wants to do the like Infinity Doctor Gauntlet Doom in version. space you know kind of like. Yeah, a little bit more down the middle. Like well, it's the, the middle, MCU like, version, right? Is like yeah, you kind sure. of yeah, right. Yeah. You take all, you round out the edge, and like, listen, that is the version that most people fall in love with. So, like, I'm not saying and that's it's a, a good version. Bad thing. Like, I, I like like Brolin as Thanos. Not not a ton to complain about for me. Although I was thinking last night, I was like, man, I wonder if there's any world in which they could bring him back to do, you know, Thanos as you know, not the just er villain of that. Like, do a pivot. Yeah, with him, and I don't yeah. know if they could, because I think, I think they drove him too villainous there at the end. It might be, you know, kind of, kind of ruining that climax. But anyway, yeah, right, um, right, yeah. No, but I mean, these are He's, these are fun. I like seeing Starlin write these characters. Um, obviously, he has a ton. of Okay, so I like Warlock. Starlin writing. Sorry, oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't well, I was just going to get into like so. Adam Warlock is you know also a main character here as well. Like like Starlin's. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking entirely about Thanos, but, like, his work is the Adam Warlock and Thanos saga. I think the Adam Warlock stuff works a lot less for me here. Um, I think that he's... With Thanos, there's a there's this development, and there's kind of a curve. With Warlock, I feel like it's really circular. I feel like we're really stuck in mm-hmm. those 70s, you know, cosmic pontifications. And that, to me, feels like the character where it's like, all right, where are you taking this? Because this feels badly stuck. And that's where I think Infinity Abyss kind of, kind of really gets stuck. And then I mean, if we're going to be critical of it too, it's like all the Spider-Man and Janice Vell Captain Marvel stuff is very skippable. <laughs> like you really don't need to read any of those sequences. Um, the whole narrative around Atalaz, this reality power being trapped inside this little girl and a family in a house <laughs> outside of reality, yeah, like, like all of that is just like it's not what I'm here for, um, and it yeah. kind of doesn't work. The the stuff where. And any time, <laughs> what I was thinking reading this is like, I kind of wish Marvel would keep every character away from Jim Starlet except the ones he created. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. He just doesn't particularly oh, I don't know have a that. knack. I mean, Infinity Gauntlet, he does fine. Yeah, Infinity War, he writes I a guess, great Doctor yeah. Doom and Kang. I think, you know, it's here, it stands out. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 sure. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm exaggerating a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, there are moments, like, I love the Galactus Thanos face-off in... Uh, Finley Gauntlet, that's one of my favorite moments yeah. there. But yeah, yeah. in general, like him trying to do like a tacked on Avengers story on the side with like Spider Man and Captain Marvel here, like it's not even bad. He just kind of 
it feels like he's just filling in like okay this is what spider-man is like the most generic version of spider-man and he's not doing anything new with the character and it doesn't feel like it's really like fleshing him out much um so it's yeah one, I, I it's usually... one cutaway too many too you know because you also have a doctor mm-hmm. strange and moon dragon uh like psychic battle and, and reality warping battle going on throughout this and that kind of works with the vibe of everything um the spider-man stuff though is just like it feels like a plug for like, well, let's have a bigger character so maybe we can get some eyeballs. But then we put him with Genesvel anyway, who's, <laughs> you know, like a new, the son of Captain Marvel thing, which for Starlin, I guess, would be interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it just doesn't fit really any part of it. And you already got Pip the Troll for your kind of grounded comedy takes. I don't know. It's just, it's needless. It doesn't add value here. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Even so, glad it was here. Glad I read it. I'm excited. You know, he's doing a Thanos series. He's doing two things we're reading in 2003. We're reading a six-issue mini called Marvel Universe The End, which I don't know anything about, and a beginning a 12-issue series called Thanos. We're going to read the first six issues next year. Yeah. So I think the yeah, biggest excited, red flag in Infinity Abyss is, you know, throughout Starlin's career, when he introduces a new character or a new cosmic entity, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Um, yeah. You know, in the 70s, it did... It, it, lays the foundation them, for the yeah. cosmic pantheon right um you know it's it's monumentous and influential even in infinity gauntlet through infinity crusade there's purpose and it's a character that you can kind of you know like in the whole infinity saga is you know aspects of adam warlock um so it's all connected here with atlas it's like it, it's a red flag it's like oh did he lose the ability to create new things um, and I think that's going to be the challenge moving forward to see, like, can Starlin still add to the Marvel Universe or is he just sort of doing a continuation of something that I used to love? You know, does he create the uh, the Black Order? Is that him? No, that's not. No, him. That's Hickman. Because uh, oh, I, I thought, uh, OK, I thought all those were his. So I was like, I know he eventually creates a bunch of new weird cosmic people, but I guess not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little hungry, you know, for him to start like to stop, kind of just building off of what he already did, which he does well sometimes, but you know, and really start building something new. And when you build this much see. stuff, you know, when you when you've built this much influential stuff and and basically Marvel Cosmic, in many ways, you know, I don't know how much more you need to build, but I think the reality is he's always that that is the type of creator Starlin is is he's going to be try to do it, and the question mm-hmm. is, can it? can it work in the 2000s because again this thing we talk about a lot but it's like there aren't that many creators that age incredibly well in marvel comics yeah. um and especially and that even get the at bats you know and starlin is of a magnitude that he's going to get the opportunities so what we'll have to i think really explore going forward is I mean, like fi- what are they 50 doing at this point which is <laughs> older than most of these guys who like are yeah. still putting out good work I, I mean not to i don't think it's I don't know. I don't want to ascribe that necessarily to age. Like, it's a mystery I don't really want to, like, don't know how to crack. But, you know, why do comic book writers have a hard time? I, I think it it might not actually have to do with comic book writers. It might have to do with superhero comic book writers, more specifically. It's you know, it's definitely big to, big to uh, writing. Because like, it's like trying trying to break out of, you know, what you grew up with and, like, move with the times is tough. I yeah. Guess. I mean, the creators that, um, that break out of big two. And have their own creator on stuff, you know, they're generally fine for as long as they want to be, at least in terms of like giving them a shot and having potential, you know, mm-hmm. sure. um, like Walt Simonson can go and do a Ragnarok, right? Oh, yeah. And like it can be awesome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, nothing bad has happened with Frank Miller in 
the last 50, 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, bad doing example. Great work. Yeah. Bad, bad example. Um, but yeah, but no. More. Star- more Starlin, I think, the thing that works so well for Starlin, I think, for me, which is interesting, and this is like maybe a thing about myself, where it's like I'm so affectionate towards the older works mm-hmm. that I'm actually very willing to let it i'm i'm much more willing to let it feel old and reminiscent of nostalgia that i am amenable to whereas if chris claremont comes in and writes an x-men miniseries in 2023 which is happening and it feels like x-men of 40 years ago Mm -hmm. you know i'm even though i like those comics i'm actually like more critical of it i don't know there's just something about starlin's vibe that is way more evergreen for me yeah um Maybe it's because of the co-creation and ownership of these characters and because I think actually a big part of it is like I actually agree with Starlin's sentiment here and the sentiment through time generally that like most other creators don't know what to do with Thanos. So Mm -hmm. I'm generally very encouraged and excited when Starlin shows up to do it because he's the one who does. Um, Whereas with X-Men, lots of other creators have done good X-Men stories and Mm -hmm. I'm interested to read new perspectives and takes on it, you know? Well, it's like kind of like you said at the beginning of this that um, Starlin like feels like he's doing creator own stuff and creator own stuff. You know, it like an Avengers comic from the seventies or the eighties stacked up against an Avengers comic from the two thousands will feel dated because like there's more of like a model for what that is and it evolves and changes to become like more readable. <laughs> I guess I, I don't know how else to put it, but like yeah. versus like creator own stuff, you know, like. I, I it's a little more artistically pure i think it like feels less dated generally like there are the same time like marvel in the 60s was never doing anything like outrageously artistically like pure and creative that that wasn't beholden to like you know some like market forces and trying to like sell comics to teens i guess i, I don't want to like i'm not besmirching like lee or kirby or whatever but like those are still comics that are like trying they're trying to do great work in the realm of like selling a comic to a 10 year old right um but like there's great graphic novels out there that feel just as like sharp then as they do now uh because they're not like beholden by that kind of stuff so i think like starlin feels a little bit outside of like the norm the the uh like the standards of superhero comics because he's kind of doing his own vibe so like this didn't feel dated to me is what i'm saying even though it doesn't feel that different from what he was writing 10 or 30 years ago right yeah well i think the hardest kind of story this art like doesn't feel that different but it didn't feel like a throwback to me nor does the storytelling approach you know so i think like yeah because i could see if somebody's like not as one over and not as huge of a fan you know I mean, Starlin's overwriting as much as Claremont is in the early 2000s a lot of times. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really long text. Those sequences of Adam Warlock, you know, like explaining Gamora's deal or whatever. Like if if a critic wanted to walk in and be like, this is atrocious. (laughs) Like this is this is a slog. This is unreadable. I don't even know that it would feel that wrong. I guess I just kind of know what to skip, you know. It's like it's like I, I feel more comfortable being like, oh, well, that's in the left-hand panel. That's explaining something I already know. Cool, I can skip it. <laughs> I know. It is, it's interesting to have that, like, instinct. Yeah. yeah. Something about... I don't know if it's just purely layout. I don't think life. I skimmed this one as much, but yes, I know I know what you mean. Oh, I definitely... I skimmed it heavily. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I read a word, honestly. But uh, anyway. Anyway. It is interesting, the dynamics here. I, how much of it is... How much... How, how big a difference is there, actually, 
between what Star because I the thing for me though is just like the understanding of a particular character is so good, and the promise of continued development for that character is so kind of rare elsewhere in Marvel. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that it's actually a, a lot more than that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm ex- I'm excited to see Jim Starlin comics. I think they are definitely. I'm actually thinking about it now, like because Starlin's Starlin's Infinity stuff is going to continue through the 2010s until they kind of have what seemed like a final ultimate falling out with Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just looking to see if they've done anything in the 2020s, and nope. But I mean, for a creator who, you know, started with Marvel in 1973-74, mm-hmm. you know, who who else even comes close to having that kind yeah. of duration and legacy, yeah. you know? I don't know that there's yeah. anybody. Uh, do you think, Dave, this is a little bit of an aside, and we'll date this episode, because I think the live stream will have happened. You think Morrison's coming back to Marvel? <laughs> to X-Men? Or to Marvel yeah. in general? Um yeah. So, so there's a X Men 60th yeah, uh, maybe anniversary celebration that Marvel's doing on the first day of March Madness. Which, come on, Marvel! Like, also, what? oh, sorry, I forgot to do March Madness this year. I just realized that like two days ago. <laughs> I always oh. do a March Madness bracket for the club, and I totally spaced on it this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. Anyway, uh, yes, no worries. So no, but I, so anyway, somehow I'm gonna have to watch this X Men special and be watching four games of basketball at the same time. That's gonna be very challenging uh-huh. for me personally, and I'm offended by that, Marvel. Um, please take note. But, They've sent so many emails. I I just keep getting emails about this. I got, I think I... Re- you're I talking about me emailing you complaining about <laughs> March Madness yeah. overlapping with the X-Men? Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, but they, they got Hickman, Claremont, Rob Liefeld, uh, Jim Starlin, uh, the Simonsons, or at least Louis Simonson. I mean, it's it's a genuinely the star-studded panel of X-Men creators. Um, and Graham Morrison. They've... Mm-hmm. Which is the surprise? The I'd surprise, say. like for out of, sure, because they were those, not on, they were the, not on the initial card, and it mm-hmm. came later. But uh, also, do, just that they're coming back for that. Like, I I just wonder if they would come back just for you know to celebrate the good old days. My my it's answer is the, no. Like, my answer is no. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, think that, they're going to be writing new Marvel comics. I mean, they they very publicly said they want to be done with superhero comics um, for a while. Now that can change in a heartbeat, right? People unretire all the time in comics if. If Grant Morrison wants to write Marvel comics, Marvel comics would be crazy to say no. Um, I I think it's purely just going to be talking about New X Men. I mean, the the wildest part of that is like Morrison's been pretty public about having a really bad end to the New X Men run, you know. And, and we'll get there in the club, but like they've they have not expressed fond memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the situation maybe that's changed yeah. since. Uh, but I mean, there's no denying like if you're talking about X Men influence. Well, you it's know, been twenty years. You know, living creators. Say, yeah, the yeah editorial teams shifted. I mean, contracts also matter, right? So, like, just get a better contract, and I'm know, I'm fascinated legally by this bind them into being. I mean, truly, yeah. this could, this could be an absolute yeah. cluster in the most delightful way. I mean, you got you got three outspoken X Men creators in Chris Claremont, Rob Liefeld, and Grant Morrison, right? And and I know at least two of them don't really like what's happening now. Claremont and, <laughs> so like, and uh, well, Liefeld especially, right, have complained yeah, about what's happening yeah. now. So then you got Hickman in the room to sit there and listen to them poop on his vision <laughs> or yeah. whatever, right? Like, which is, I, yeah. I, probably, he probably doesn't care. But uh, I just feel like there's a lot of room for, like, like, like housewife-style drama if this is played correctly, which I'm sure Marvel is trying to avoid. But, man, that could be compelling. <laughs> It's on a Zoom call too. That's the funny part. Yeah, have um, you have you signed up for the Zoom? No, because I uh, no, because it it's that extra step of like having to sign up on Zoom, and I'm like, I don't want to log into Zoom. You have to. You do have to be a Marvel Unlimited. 
you have to be a Marvel limited subscriber and uh, and then register on for the event on Zoom. Um, yeah. Maybe if I, I'm like I really like this use of Marvel Unlimited. Right. This is like one of the coolest things I think they've done to promote MU. Honestly, where they're sure. like, yeah. you know, okay. they're like, hey, an advantage of reading all these comics is you get to hang out and do this exclusive X Men panel. That's really cool. You know, nobody else like yeah. you have yeah, to yeah. be an MU subscriber. That's I like that. Um. Anyway, I did want to ask you about this before it happened, but the episode will come out after it happened, so that all your predictions will, you know be really embarrassing <laughs> well there's only there's out. only one prediction i made here which is that grant morrison is not gonna be well, right and i predict probably. that they will be so do you uh, really think that or are you just going are you zigging while i'm zagging i'm real uh a little bit of that but also i i mean i really do think i i it's mostly that i'm like would morrison even spend the time to come on this thing unless it was a business decision like will they really go on a panel just to kind of like i don't know uh, get hyped for their glory days of doing marvel like they do enough stuff at dc they're still working at dc and still like this is not somebody who's still like you know it's not claremont who is still like living their 80s run every day <laughs> right 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 no offense claremont that's a very rude way of putting that but um right so they're still doing like good interesting work um so yeah i don't know I, I, that that for that reason alone i kind of feel like some announcement's gonna be made we'll see interesting uh, all right interesting. let's wrap let's wrap this baby up and bring it bring it to sure dave <laughs> a lot of mixed metaphors <laughs> thanks everyone for listening i'm dave you can find my stuff at comicherald.com this is my marvel this year you can support the show via patreon.com slash my marvel this year all of the issues we're reading next time are listed here in the show notes next episode will be 2003 part one gonna move on to a new year with lots of a good fantastic four run kicking off by mark wade and mike waringo so that should be an exciting part one to 2003 music for the show is by disaster piece He's Zach. I'm Dave. Yo. We'll see you next year. See you next year. Mm-hmm.